You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American history podcast where each week I, iced tea drinker, man who puts on lotion, a man called Problematic, Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to his friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. And based on your list there, I would say the third one is accurate. You are problematic. I'm so I lotion I, lotion me, up iced tea drinker. It made me laugh. Like it like calling me problematic made me laugh. And I was like Was it just some random person? Someone was having a conversation on Twitter and I got added to the first part. So I don't know if the guy knew I was reading the conversation. On there. But um right. And then he go and she, the person said, he, you should, her name's Claire, she's an Australian, she said, you should listen to this podcast about Aaron Burr, it's Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Dave Anthony's problematic, but, um, and I don't say that lightly, but, uh, you know, and then he went on, and, I, and it just made me fucking laugh, and, but then I was like, what, I said something to him, and he just said, maybe that's the wrong word. And I was, and then he came back and he said, "I think I'm, the word I'm thinking of is it's more gross. You're more gross." <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! I, you're like I probably shouldn't have followed up for another. Give me another one. You're gross. You're disgusting. Uh, I mean, I can't. I say a lot of stuff. I you yeah, but you're you're more problematic than gross. <laughs> <laughs> you're for sure. You're not gross. Uh, I can be gross. I can look. There's a behind me. My son drew a dick on the board. Like it's not great here. Um, That's America. Uh, yeah. No. I think I say some pretty. I, I I definitely tend to go more gross than you do. I think. Uh, yeah. I I would agree on the podcast. I think I I jump into the grosser more. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, but that's just because you have simple jokes because you're a problematic, simple right. man. Right. I'm, I'm a simple, problematic man, so my jokes <laughs> problematic are Problematic and gross. I mean, it's, I want to put that on my tombstone. There, there, I wasn't going to have a tombstone. Now I am. Th there's an improv game called New Choice where it's just like you say something and someone goes, New Choice. And then you go, New Choice. Like, so it'd be like, I'd yeah, be like, here's a banana. And you'd go, New Choice. And I'd be like, walk my dog. And you go, New Choice. So he's like, New Choice again, but he's getting worse. <laughs> You're problematic. New choice. You're gross. New choice. You're the worst man I've ever met. New choice. You're Louis C.K. New choice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that well, happened. I'm I'm happy to have my wagon hitched to you. You gross, problematic, lotioning, iced tea drinking weirdo. Fucking pig. Uh, I should also say. Um, our our uh, friend Bill Burr has a new special out, and it's fantastic. And you, everyone should watch it. Yes, it's uh, it's called Bill Burr Live at Red Rocks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of bad comedy out there. Um, this is not that. We're doing most of it. Yeah, yeah. We're problematic trying. and gross. We're trying. Uh, and at the end of the episode, I'll address all the criticisms of the Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton, Ron Chernow, and Lynn Manuel uh, Miranda criticisms that I had that people. Really, I'm was, excited. Uh, there, it's like I kick people's dog. Like, it, like everybody just, it's You're okay. problematic. A problematic. problematic. I have criticisms of of uh, people and some art. See, I, I have a tendency I, to do. That. I, you've done nothing gross when it comes to these episodes, but you are problematic. Um, Dave, listen, 
I'm not problematic. I'm digestible for the whole family. Oh, couldn't disagree more. You can bring the kids out. Shut up. I'm in the middle of something awesome. You can bring the kids out. This is, I do family shows. It's you know mainly balloons is, uh, and confetti. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> September 14th, I will be at the Punchline Comedy Club in Sacramento, California. That's a Wednesday. That's 8 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and then September 9th, we should remind people we are... Uh, we are. We had a live stream that we oh. had to postpone. We're doing that September ninth. So that's Friday. Sh- uh, sure, if you want yeah, to. So Friday, I- Friday, September 9th with Moment House. Um, you can go to dollopodcast.com. and then we have tour dates this fall. We'll be in Cleveland, Michigan, uh, twice, Nashville, <laughs> St. Louis, Indianapolis, Kansas City. Go to dollop. Uh, podcast.com for all that information. I'm great at this. And action, Dave, be your gross problematic self. So I went on vacation. I came back. Uh, I did a COVID test. It came back positive. And then I was like, well, fuck, I have COVID. Um, I set up the house. I locked myself in my room. We did all the shit. Um, you should have a COVID plan, by the way, in case somebody in your house gets COVID. Anyway, I set up the boxes, right? The the um, course of course put two in one in the hallway, one in my room, and did the whole thing, and then um, then canceled the show because I couldn't sit in a room with you, obviously. Um, and you stopped can't doing, normally, but COVID made it for my benefit. And stopped doing work on it. I, I had planned to work on it those three days before, you know, the show, and then. Um, I tested the next day, or my PCR. So I did a, I did like a home test thing, positive. Then I PCR was negative. So, you know, that's and I did two more tests and still negative. So I, it was a false positive, which is super rare, like one point seven percent or something. But I got it. So whatever. I'm glad I didn't have it, but it still fucked all the show up. Yes. Yeah, so we apologize, and it's very hard. Like it's it's very hard to get the word out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Properly and quickly, it so is. I know some people are and, like, well, there's so many I'm people. ready. Where are you? Yeah, I mean, you there's know. so there's people that are just on Facebook. There's people that are just on Twitter. There's people that are just on yeah. Instagram. There's people that aren't on any of Like, it's just it's just a total, it's hard. So that's why our promise is the show's going to be good in September. The one we Ooh. were going to do the other night was not going to be good. Uh, don't. Now, it's going to be awesome. I and it's going to be our best show ever. Oh, yeah. I guarantee no show's better than the next show, Okay. All right, awesome. Action, Dave. We are brought to you in part by Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep, of course, a mattress company. And by that, I mean they make mattresses. A lot of people don't know this. Mattresses in their natural environment uh, is a box. They live in a box. And what Helix Sleep does is they send a mattress to you, and then you can release it into the wild or your home, and that's where the mattress lives at that point. We have two Helix mattresses in our time. We've had them for years now. Uh, delightful. I'm obsessed with it. I sleep on it. A lot of people are doing that. I love it. I, I, I sleep amazing. I feel rested when I wake up. It's great. Uh, here's, here's how Helix works. You go and you take a two-minute quiz on their site to match your body type and what you like with your ma- mattress preference. They got soft. They got medium. They got firm. They got mattresses that are cooler. So if you sleep hot, if you're a hot boy, it help you out. Um, they got ones for spinal alignment. They got all kinds of mattresses. So I took the quiz. I got hooked up with, uh, with I got a firm. Uh, I sleep on my face, uh, sometimes my hand, and uh, it's perfect for that. It is the Dusk Lux. It's a huge upgrade over what I used to have. I used to just sleep on gravel. 
It's soft. It's super supportive. I'm falling asleep. Bam! Right away. So look, if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. Helix is awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So here's where you go. You go to helixsleep.com slash dollop. You take the two-minute quiz, get matched up with your, your mattress. You guys say hello, uh, and then you're together for life. You can try it out 100 nights, a risk-free. They have a 10-year warranty. It's all good. Everything I said is good. Everything. So look, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dollop. That's up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash dollop. We are also brought to you in part by Peloton. Never easy to get yourself motivated to go to the gym or work out or whatever it is you want to do. It's hard to get up and get going. And then you're like, ah, do I fit it into my day? All that stuff. It's just, it, it can be a total pain in the butt. And then you're, you want to do a class. The class fills up. Well, that's not what happens with Peloton. With Peloton, I got the bike ride in my house. I can get, jump on a class anytime I want. I can wait to start a class with other people. You got a bunch of different options. Uh, I do a lot of classes with Dennis Morton. Dennis, Dennis is my boy. He knows that. We talk a lot about it. It's a one-way conversation. It's a little bit weird. But he plays the music I like. He's not super, super rah-rah, which uh, I don't like. Some people like it. They got, they, got both, they got both kinds of instructors on there. And then it's just so easy to pick exactly what kind of class you want. It's not like you're going to some class at a gym and you don't like it 10 minutes in. You know, Peloton, 10 minutes in, you just switch and go to another class. Uh, I also have been doing boxing, and I've been doing a little, what's it called, high-intensity uh, workouts with Chase Tucker. That's my gentleman. Uh, we do a lot of jumping up and down together. But that's a great workout, especially it's good for people who are old like me, old people. But they got a ton of different stuff you can do on Peloton. They got stretching. They got they have strength. They got yoga. They got cardio. They got meditation. They got running. They got out, out, outdoor stuff. They even got walking if you want to slow it down a little bit. So look, Peloton has workouts you crave anytime, anywhere. Start your 30-day app trial today. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. New members only. Terms apply. 1808. Year of our Lord. Jesus Cristo. Jesus Christ. Son of God. Cousin of Duke. Born without semen. Yep. Um, that's a graphic version of what, but yeah, born without semen. I'm writing I mean, my own Bible where it's called, I'm writing the bottom line Bible I wanna, where I just kind of bottom line a lot of this stuff. I want to change that a little bit because when babies are born, they don't, they don't, it's not semen and baby. So uh, born conceived without, without cum. There you go. God, you're New gross. choice. You're gross and problematic. <laughs> yeah, I'm back, baby. <laughs> Okay, so where we la last left off, uh, Aaron Burr, um, he had, uh, you know, uh, he'd gone on the run after the whole Alexander Hamilton murder, which uh, was fantastic, and we're all four here at the dollop. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, this up and down thing where he went back, and everyone was like, "Oh, we miss you." Uh, and then, and then, everyone thinks he's doing treason. He's going to attack the government with an army. And yeah, the they think he has trial, thirty thousand troops in Spain, yeah, are all, ready to invade Spain. That's all bullshit, and and he um, he's found innocent. But people are still burning him in effigy. People still like, even though in the trial found him 
not guilty, everyone is like, fuck this guy. He's terrible. So he decides to leave the country in 1808. He's going to England. Uh, everyone believes he's engaged in treason. So Aaron Burr leaves for England. And a friend leaves him money for passage. Because remember, he doesn't have any money now. He is absolutely broke. Because uh, he spent any money he had, he spends on the filibuster. And... You know, then he went into debt trying to. Yeah, you should. If you, it is one of those things where it's like that's that's what happens in our legal system all the time, where you can just drain someone slowly of money, like big corporations. Yeah. That's why you like won't sue them. You should get reimbursed if you're. You know what I mean? That that should be part of it. But we'll get to that in another time. That's a different dollop. <laughs> uh, his plan is to now go to England to raise money for a filibuster again in Mexico. He still because he still thinks that'll get. Back the love in America. People will wait. He's he wants it in Mexico. Is it well, always been Mexico? I thought it was Spain or Spanish territory. One or the other. Like he right. Okay. His right, plan right. is to filibuster Spanish right. and just get land point, for America. So this is what got him into trouble the first time, basically. And now he's like, now I'm gonna do it again. Now we're gonna do it clear right. my name. Now we're gonna do now it right. Now do it the right way. Right. Yeah. It's a new beginning. And he arrives in London and quickly discovers that nobody is interested in a filibuster against Spain anymore. Because that goes with the wind, right? We're mad at Spain. We're mad at Spain now. Then we're not mad at Spain. Now we're mad at Spain. So it's just like, you know. Right. So uh, he hangs out there. He becomes good friends with famous philosopher Jeremy Bentham, who was the founder of utilitarianism. And uh, Bentham's also a feminist like uh, Burr, and he thought women should have the right to vote and they should be allowed to get divorced. All the crazy stuff that Burr also believed, just the right. madness, like the right. stuff that uh, just Lunas. like pulling a thread on society and making it all fall apart. Talk giving, about being problematic. Yeah, giving women the right to vote. Can you? I imagine? like that he goes all the way there. He's like, I'm going to clear my name. I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going to get a filibuster, and I'm going to get some of that Spanish territory. And everyone's like, nah, we're not interested. He's like, nah, I'll just kick it. Damn, yeah, hang out with my bros. Ah, can I get one Guinness? <laughs> so both these guys believe the government should aim to give uh, the greatest happiness of the greatest number, and lawmakers should rise above partisanship. So they're both about, you know, helping people, right? <laughs> just, it sounds crazy. <laughs> It's still we're still not there. So yeah, um, they both believe in prison reform. They want to see a move away from brutal treatment of prisoners toward more humane uh, reformation. No, obviously, still has not uh, occurred. So uh, it's amazing. It's amazing that we're still talking about the same shit. <laughs> yep, just a couple hundred years later, three two fifty, whatever. So he learns that Theo is um, very sick. She sends a letter. Okay. She's very sick. That's his daughter. In case you are just yeah. jumping in. Um, she had a son and, uh, she had had really traumatic injuries after the birth and she probably now has an ongoing infection. So just a lingering okay. infection, um, in the uterus. And this is a time when, when the politicians didn't really care about the health or well-being of the mother. Yeah. If you could imagine, um, if you can imagine politicians or that not caring what happens to women during childbirth, then you, yeah, yeah that's, it's such a different time. Put on your imagine caps. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she is having uh, serious issues. She is having fits. Um, she's hearing things and she's seeing flashing mm. lights. Mm. So she's at a rave. Yeah, no, yeah. She took Molly. 
That's um, what it is. The doc- I believe she's tested positive for really good Molly. <laughs> Great Molly. Oh, she's dancing. She's, uh, she's dancing Unfortunately, we just, we just <laughs> get her down. Strap her down. <laughs> So Aaron tried to convince her uh, to come to England because uh, he knew a, a doctor who very good with women's health. Um, but God, she... it sounds crazy. Like, a <laughs> flight to go see another doctor is crazy. Like, you're really sick. Let's get you on a boat for six days. I mean, I, I was just researching um, going to Mexico to get some, some t- tooth work done for some tooth stuff. Because of you how much were? Cheap- yeah, because it's so much cheaper, and, it, yeah. and they're all yeah, AMA- yeah. They're all AMA certified. No, that's certified. where I got my, I got my, my butt implants in Mexico because it's cheaper, but it's still like a comparable procedure. Wait, what? If you go, I, I, it, a lot of times if you actually look into it, like the procedures are pretty much the same. And so, yeah, like get your, there's good no, dentist stuff. Said, and then if you want to get your, yeah, your butt, I was just your about butt done, your butt implants. Yeah. Or I was talking about my butt implants. You were talking about your teeth. But yeah, yeah. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just. Action. Action. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to start doing that a lot more, calling action oh, for great. you during the show, just so you know. Yeah. It's great. I love it. So, Take two. Obviously, uh, she can't travel. She's just in too bad a condition. Um, so right. Aaron decides to go to Scotland. Um, he's up there. He part- he's partying. Um, <laughs> he wrote in his journal a lot. He's a big, big-time journal. And in uh, he's his diary of his travels. He writes stories. Um, that he wants to share with Theo and his and his grandson when they reunite. Each each entry in his journal is is addressed to Theo like it's going to be a letter. That's is it strange that he's not going back? Uh, no, because she's sick. No, because he uh, they're burning him in effigy. Like I think they both right. know it's okay, not right. safe for right. him. Right, right. That's why I, he, you sometimes forget the vibe of what effigies <laughs> of you being burned gives you know off. You know, you're like, all right, I would, but unfortunately, they want to kill me. So, so uh, he he writes of people he meets. He's he often writes about people that are overlooked by most like sort of men in society at the time. Um, he wrote about servants. Uh, he wrote about friends, children. I was super into kids. Uh, just every kid was amazing to him. So one one time a girl burst into his hotel room and she asked uh, uh, singing for money basically. They just burst mm-hmm. into the which I I wish was still a feature in like Is the hotels. song about money or is she no. singing a different song? Okay, I would love the meta version where you're like a farthing would go pretty far with me. And that would change my energy. Come on, burr. Give me some money for fur fur. Coats and my honey, come on, burr. Hook it up. I need cash. I got a rash. It's burr. Give me some money. But it's not that. You're okay, saying. so yeah, so I hate musicals. So that I felt like that was the version you're doing of. Dude, there's a musical based on <laughs> Hamilton. You would fucking love it. <laughs> So this girl bursts into his room. I guess this is how kids try to get money back then. She's singing uh-huh. a song. Um, he gives her money, but he he still chases her out, and he's rude to her because he's so annoyed by the whole thing. And then he feels sure. guilty, and the whole next day he just goes around looking for her to apologize to her. Pledging, oh, wow. Pledging to, quote, be more civil to all these little creatures to atone for the barbarity. There is a wow. type of... that is. There is a, a, a psychological category of a type of person called hypersensitive. 
in which they are right. um, extremely like this. This sounds like a hypersensitive person. He he right. felt so bad, or but they also are very em, em, empathetic and like very like he, he, everything about Aaron Burr makes it sounds to me like he's a hypersensitive person. But whatever, right? I just yeah. throwing that out there. <clears throat> um, he said he pledged to quote be more civil to all these little creatures to atone for the barbarity. So he he writes a lot in the journal. He he he's more of a dog person than a cat person. Oh, this show's over. It's not. It's just getting started. I like that. I like that. That's making its way in his journal. <laughs> well, I do enjoy cats. I like that they purr. Dogs to me are truly better friends. <laughs> hey, Burr, how's it going in there? Good. I'm just writing about if which one I like better, dogs or cats. What are y'all doing? He found magicians annoying. This guy's great. (laughs) (laughs) He loved green peas. What's good? This journal is very strange. I mean, he essentially just... You know what? (laughs) This is his version of having like a social media. Yeah, it really is. It's just like, we don't need all these opinions. He's like, green peas are really good. Here's 10 reasons why I love green peas. (laughs) Like, follow, subscribe. So, um... One night he was writing in his room by candlelight when a servant came in and told him to snuff out the candle. It was too late. And he said no. And the servant tried to take the candle, so Aaron chased him out while holding a knife. wild? What the fuck is going on? Shortly after, he saw military men gathering outside of his window, and he's like, oh, my God, they're here for me. And he thought, well, maybe there's some law against having a candle lit this late at night, and they're going to... He's been hurt. Um, and then he starts hiding his journal and all of his letters. And he's, They can't know about my feelings about cats or peas. <laughs> I need to stash this. They'll know that I'm a dog man. And uh, he, he's just getting ready to be arrested, but then it turns out they weren't there for him, and they just moved on. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, but, but that's based on the fact that he's just been... You know, I mean, he's used to society coming down on him. Yeah, no, he's totally psychologically scarred. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I have a candle on past 1030. I'm a dead man. They're going to find out about my pee, love. Oh, my God. Uh, In London, the British are nervous about Aaron visiting, and so they arrest him. Well, handled once again, everybody. Yep. Uh, Aaron is... He frightened of uh, Aaron wasn't frightened of any criminal issue because he wasn't taking he was taking part in no quote plots of treason. So he's like, I, I haven't done anything. Like, but I, what a really uh, I mean normal attitude. But when you've been brought on I trial know. like two or three times based on non treasonous for, for people just accusing you of treason to be like, I'll be fine. I haven't done anything wrong. It's like, dude, that's that that's not. That shouldn't that's, make you feel safe. That's what's fucked his whole career. Remember, like when all those people were slandering him. Like, yeah, he was just like ah, based on nothing. Right. Yeah, this can't happen to me three times <laughs> or six. Yeah. Uh, so he was just more upset that they would uh, read and look through his quote ridiculous journal. So he knows what he's writing in there is totally. A lot of it's just like comedy and stuff. Like he's just trying to make Theo laugh. So. Um, he's released uh-huh. without he's released without any charges. Yeah, but they're gonna they say we're gonna expel you from Britain, 
and um, he's angry, and he thinks Jefferson is behind this, having him arrested and deported. But he decides, he's like, I want to go to Sweden since England is paying for kicking him out. So, Oh, so, so England's giving him, like, the, like, get out, where do you want to go? Yeah, free trip. Right, okay, right, yeah. So he had, um, he has a final fling in England with uh, a woman named Miss Onslow, Writing heard mm-hmm. that he, he couldn't see her during the day, but he could, he could drop by at night and, quote, kiss your fair hand and bid you adieu, which is mm-hmm. how I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I text. Um, would you like to meet up later? I could kiss your hand and bid you adieu. I would, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Can you kiss my nah. adieu? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a cat person if you catch my drift. Oh, mm-hmm. I like Ma- dogs. <laughs> no, I it's, like uh, dogs. I'm, in, I'm uh, uh, no, okay, this is, what's going on? No, 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 I'm, I'm a, I'll pet the cat. I, no, 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 Jesus Christ, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me pease you. Uh, but unfortunately, that night, uh, he was hanging out with a buddy before he went over to her house, and the guy j- was just oblivious, and he wouldn't leave, so he came along, so he didn't get to sex. And then Aaron, Aaron wrote Miss Onslow the next day, asking if he, could, he might come by alone and, quote, kiss your hand and bid you another adieu. May I do you again? May uh, another adieu? What did she say? I don't know. We don't, I assume she said yes, because she had said yes to the okay. first one. So. Right, yeah. He loves Sweden, uh, as everybody does. He praised the Swedes' honesty and enjoyed that women were allowed to work in positions like fishermen and coach drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing he didn't like was that Swedes just would barge into rooms unannounced. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Are they singing? <laughs> uh, so, so, in other words, Sweden is just basically a land of Kramers. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He wrote his journal, quote, every person of every sex and grade comes in without knocking. They don't seem embarrassed nor think that of apologizing. Crazy. At finding you in That's bed, crazy. dressing, or doing no matter what. It took me six weeks to teach my servant not to come in without knocking. It was only by appearing to get into a most violent passion and threatening to blow out her brains. I engage. <laughs> she is now the only servant in Sweden who ever knocks. So, in order to, I mean, he's always seemed fairly balanced, but it does, I mean, you you know, you, you're in your room. You might be naked. You might be, yeah. like, you know, rubbing one out, whatever it is. And so, you need the knock. You and need the, the idea knock. that he's so mad. Yeah. He's like, all right, look, this is what you're not getting. I'm going to blow your brains out of your head if you keep doing this. She's like, well, okay, I guess I, it's awfully unorthodox, <laughs> but I suppose I'll knock. It's really crazy, and then, I don't know if you read the thing that blew up on the internet, but that this, the Swedes, if you're over at their house, and they're going to eat, they send you to their room, and you have to sit in their like bedroom or whatever while they eat. Like You're not allowed to... What? <laughs> you didn't hear about this? It blew up the what? whole world. No, Everyone's like, what are you talking out? about? Well, they just... If they you're d- at a Swede... If you're, if you're at a, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, why don't, all right, tell me. Dollop this moment. What... If you're at their house, if you're at their house as a guest, and it's dinner time, they ask you to go to their bedroom or whatever or another room, and you yeah, sit and in there. Are we talking about you're like staying at their house, or you just are like, hey, I'll come by for the afternoon? I think if you're just there for the afternoon, I don't know if you're staying there. If you're staying there, it might be different. But if you're there for the day or whatever, they're just like, 
you go in the room, we're going to eat. And then they'll eat, and you just sit there and wait. And sometimes people don't have anything. They're just sitting in the room with nothing to do, waiting while these people eat. And everyone, all these people have stories of the same thing. It's just a, a custom. It's their way they... Not I'm going to put on some of your clothes and pretend I'm you in your bed. <laughs> I would leave. I would I just would be like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to fucking kick it in your room. I'm out of here. Uh, I think it's about. All right. Well, it's time for dinner. So off would you. you like to go to Corey's room? <laughs> no. Yeah. Go in there for a while. He's got a sports car bed you can lay in. No, that's weird. I'm no, I don't. You can. Uh, Take the tennis ball and toss it into the sky and continue to catch it in your hands. No, I don't... What? Yeah. Yeah. It should be fine. Yeah. Really going to eat a big dinner tonight, so we'd be a while, okay? No. You could be in here for about three to four hours. But just keep tossing the tennis ball up in the sky and you'll catch it, okay? There you go. <laughs> I don't... Sorry that took so long. It's almost 11.30. Yeah. You should go. Yeah. Yeah, you should go home. Sorry we yeah, boarded was, the door shut. Yeah, that was We weird. just didn't want you to walk out in the middle of the dinner. That would well, just you, be so embarrassing. It wasn't great. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, off you go. Bye. Your day's over. Bye. What an asshole. <laughs> so, Aaron now decides to uh, go to Russia. Might as well just travel, right? Okay. But sure. his, his passport is, is rejected by American ambassador in St. Petersburg, John Quincy Adams. Oh, God. So the powers that be are fucking with him. Yeah, they've, they've made his life right. Yeah, they've, yeah. I mean, they're kind of cinching the world around him a little bit. Yeah, so they can't, can't, they can't really just be it. like... Uh, and that is all coming from, I mean, uh, mostly just coming from, uh, I mean, Jefferson. Jefferson but it, it's just the American government just being like, nah, fuck you. I mean, he's done yeah. nothing. Right, he did nothing. They're he... upset that they didn't prosecute him over nothing, so now they're going to uh, uh, avenge that. I mean, they're upset about what was essentially a rumor that yeah. was, but the rumor substantiated by Jefferson, so now they're just out for him. Now it's right. You can imagine sort of how we make. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> Same point. Um, so he he goes to Denmark instead. He is now completely nice. broke. He's very bad with money. He's just not good with money. Um, he promised He's spending on all these peas. Well, he promised himself he'd spend less skipping meals. He uh, he slept on benches to save money, um, but then he just blow that money later on old coins for his grandson or a gift for Theo or whatever a book ice cream. He just he would save money and then blow it on something else stupid. Um, sure. He he was also a really good tipper. He gave money to beggars if they wanted it. So at this point, he translates a book into French, uh, uh, from maybe French into Danish, but whatever. He translates a book for some money, but the book has nasty passages, just lies written about him, and he just translates it straight without altering what? it. I know, right? He's like, this is tough. I mean, a gig's a gig, but I did not do that. <laughs> I mean, a gig's a gig, but this is just, I'd never, I mean, again, I was not, I did not have 30,000 troops. Anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to translate 30,000 Danish. Okay, yeah. But, oh, man. I, oh, my God. I don't love cats. This is just crazy. Chapter 2, Cats and Burr. Chapter 2, Burr's obsession with cats. A man who detests peas. This title's what misleading. What the fuck? That's the opposite of me. This is like the opposite of Burr book. <laughs> 
The money problems meant sometimes he stayed in some pretty grim places. The fleas were a constant problem. Quote, spent the night flea hunting, killed five, but friends and relations of the deceased revenged themselves on me most cruelly. From my head to my heels, there is not an inch free of flea marks. I'm surprised this guy didn't like feel bad and go to apologize to the flea families the next day. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I overreacted when I smushed your I, son. I murdered I, your dad and son. I am so. But if you'd so like wrong. to look at all Please, the marks, I offer you permanent residency upon my body. Go ahead, get in the belly button. There you are. You'll find that to be quite a lovely penthouse cavern. It's very nice, but when I eat, you have to go to the armpit. You, when, you, when it's time to eat, you must vacate the belly button. <laughs> rules are rules. At one inn, he lay on his bed and was immediately coated in fleas. Quote, at 12, I walked in a fever. I woke in a... Woke... Must be woke in a fever. And found myself devoured by bugs. Got up, lit candle, saw the bed alive. Wow. He then lined up three chairs to try to sleep on them, but it was too uncomfortable. So he went and laid down on the sofa, but also tons of fleas. He eventually just... I like that he thinks that this is how... I mean, it, I, I, they probably just hadn't done a lot of flea studies back then, but it's just like, I'll lay on three chairs. They can't get there. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll figure it. They're fleas. They'll figure it out. Ah, the couch will be the solution. Eventually, he just gave up and ordered breakfast. Uh, at another place, he woke up coughing and almost suffocating... Turned out an inn worker had moved his clothes too close to the fire, and they were burning. Ah, nice. Perfect. That'll well, work. good. I don't have a lot of money, but uh, thank you for burning my outfit. And then some guy he met in Sweden just randomly sent him 1,000 francs. So all of a sudden, he has money. Nice. He, he spent time in Germany, uh, where he was so struck by a beautiful baroness that he fled the country immediately because he was worried if he spent more time with her, he'd become obsessed with this, quote, sorceress, ruining his future plans. So he's like, this that's, one's too good. That's, I think that's kind of how I operate in relationships. I'm like, this will, we'll hate each other. We can't do this. You're fantastic. I'm out of here. I can't. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have come here. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, I, that's an amazing move. I must go. You're fantastic. You're too this good. can't, this, too right. we will, you're wonderful. We'll get hurt. You're it amazing. I gotta go. I can't do this. Goodbye forever. How dare you? So he goes to Paris and he asked Napoleon, uh, he asked Napoleon for ships to filibuster in Mexico. And Napoleon's like, I, I got so much stuff going on. I'm not going to. I was just absolutely uh, swamped right now. It is uh, not a good time for me. So, unfortunately, it will be a pass from us. But I must say, I know you love cats. I read your book. Here you are, a dozen kitties. <laughs> um, God, that would be amazing. So he's upset now. He's dejected. And he decides, well, I've done it all here in Europe. It's time to go home. But the American how how, what, how long how long of a stretch of time are we I talking? I think I think it's a few years. It's, no, it's like two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the American minister in France is an ally of his old New York enemy, Dewitt Clinton. Okay. And the guy in charge of issuing American passports was one of the lawyers who had tried him for treason. So things are lining up nicely. <laughs> Good vibes. So he can't get a passport. Every American in Paris turns their back on Aaron. They refuse to speak with him. American ship captains 
refused to carry his letters. How will she know about the peas? The, 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 I wrote so much about the little round I, green, my friends. I'm pro-pea. I'm a peaman. <laughs> Still, he does manage to have a good time. He hangs out with artist John Vanderlyn, who's a good friend. He had a lot of affairs. It is France. Uh-huh. One woman offered him a permanent position as her lover with his own room, which he said no to. What a God, what an offer. What an offer. I need a fuckboy. You are what we call a fuckboy, <laughs> and you will live in here, and uh, when I need it, I'll come get it, and when I don't, you'll just be in here. You'll be salaried, you'll get benefits, uh, I get benefits. Uh. Mutual benefits? Uh. He wrote a lot about women and his constant pursuit of sex. Now, that's the main thing about this trip was a dude was banging. He was. Um, it's like a compulsion for him. A lot, he, of people think that, a lot of people think that the Seine River formed after he left, just from pure <laughs> <that's right. laughs> lubrication. <laughs> he, he was annoyed by how much sex had a hold over his thoughts. But he was just wow. like, it's the only thing that alleviates my restlessness, my constant restlessness. So once he wrote, he felt bad. He had been rude with people lately, but he was going on 10 days without sex. So it was understandable. Wow. So he's, he's really banging. Yeah. He needs to really, he's, bang. he's 10 day, 10 days removed. High irritability levels. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to be fucking right. Okay. He wrote about <laughs> every single visit to a sex worker or, or liaison with a chambermaid. He used, an abbreviated code. So he used codes uh, for all this. Give me, give me, give me. I don't have them. I should have written them down. Uh, I didn't even think about it. Uh, uh, <laughs> God damn it. Sometimes he had sex with two women a day or two at a time. He wrote down what they looked like, how much it cost, uh, sometimes how good it was. Here's some examples. Wow. So he's, he's Yelp banging. He is Yelp banging. Quote, she was pretty good, voluptuous, stayed two hours. <laughs> Man, this is quite a little life he's carved out. Quote, bad, one dollar. Bad, one dollar? Is, is this the price is right? He paid a dollar and it was bad. He paid, it paid a dollar and it was bad. Well, I mean, when you pay 99 cent store prices, yeah. you're going to get 99 cent store produce. The chambermaid, fat, but not bad. Wow. So he really, this is Yelp. Today a bad, bad not bad. <laughs> Go ahead. Today a bad encounter. Six francs. Bah, bah, bah. Wow. How was it? Bah, bah. Tall, plump, well turned blonde, married, one and a half dollars, perhaps twenty six. Well satisfied. I, I, it's amazing the difference between bah and well satisfied <laughs> is fifty cents. <laughs> Had fun uh, with the maid. I'd love to know the- Had fun with the maid for two hours. Fine. <laughs> Fine. So wow. So just we will say yeah. this. He clearly this this is when you're when it's a compul- it sounds sex addicty. I mean, it might have just loved fucking, but it's you know we can't really say. Um, we I mean, did, we did talk a yeah, lot. Uh, well, a I lot it was of last episode. I think he said he 
he had a child with his wife's slave. She's not, she, uh, so she wasn't a slave. Uh, his wife had a servant from India that he had kids with. Okay. Some people were like, oh, that's definitely rape. I don't, like, if it's a slave, absolutely it's rape. I don't know. I, I don't know what the, this dude seems like he could seduce anybody, so I don't know. But I'm also not going to rule it out. Like, I think rape was just fucking the business of the day back then. Like, he just, whatever. So whatever. Like, you know, it was a, it was a uneven relationship in which he took advantage. Right. Right. So we're in the no joke portion of the show. Yeah, Just yeah. to be clear. Um, so uh, one night he swore to give up sex workers fearing that he'd got an STD. Yeah, this is shocking that he hasn't. I know. I mean, right? there should be an STD called Burr. You should be like, <laughs> there should probably be something called like the Burr Bumps. Uh, I got Burr Bumps. There is, but it's based on Bill Burr. So it's. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's different. Uh, the next morning, he discovered everything down when there. When you rub it, it's just like, hey, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> just starts doing bits. You know what, yeah. a, you know what yeah. a hand rubs on your head? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you rub it. I don't want to talk to the driver. <laughs> <laughs> But the next morning, he discovered everything down there was, quote, in perfectly good order and then broke his promise and quickly went to a sex worker. I mean, obviously, at the time, they weren't really sure how STD is like, well, nothing today. I'm fine. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, so even with all the sex, he's very lonely. Um, he thought about Theo and his grandson a lot. He traveled with her portrait, and he would put it up wherever he was sleeping for the night. So... Wallet pictures seem archaic at this point, but having to travel with a portrait a of framed, someone... I assume a framed, it's framed. Framed picture of someone that you're like, uh, all right, how long am I going to be here? A couple hours? Mind if I throw this up on the wall? <laughs> you got a uh, hammer and a uh, nail? This is pretty unorthodox, uh, but okay. When he met someone he liked, he let them look at the picture and write about their response in his journal. Wow. When he traveled, he rode with the portrait safely in his lap. That's very strange. What's, uh, what is, uh, what is that? It's my daughter. <laughs> How are you? Theo missed Aaron, too. She wrote him when she was strong enough. After almost four years away, in 1812, Aaron finally got a passport. Wow. But the ship he was uh, on was ordered to dock in London. So he gets on a ship in Paris, or not in Paris, but wherever he gets on it in France. It's then ordered to dock in London. The ships had more pigs than people on it, so Aaron asked if he could go into London while whatever business was done was done. And then when he came back, the captain refused to let him back on board. Now, he's already paid for the trip. Right. And he's not supposed to be in England. No. Um... He desperately tries to get on other ships that are there, and they all turn him away. No one wants tell to... Tell me we end up... Tell me this ends with a pig costume. <laughs> Please. No one wants to carry the famous I'm Aaron Boar. I'm the Boar. He paid for his ticket, like I said. He had no money to buy another one. He spends now about six months... Getting loans from friends and acquaintances. He sold all the gifts he had bought for Theo and his grandson. Eventually, he had enough money to buy a ticket home on a British ship. And in this time, he used a fake name. Uh, Nervous to see his family. Writing, quote, 
My heart beats with joy, yet alas, the country which I am so anxious to revisit will perhaps reject me with horror. So Theo now writes to all of uh, his old friends, acquaintances, trying to sort of ward off a disastrous return, right? She just doesn't want Mm -hmm. it to be a nightmare. And she writes the first lady, Dolly Madison. She wrote Albert uh, Gallatin, whose citizenship he had defended years ago, the guy who was Mm -hmm. the senator that they kicked out. Um, Other people, no one will help. Some didn't even answer the letters. They're just like... "Mm." Right. So... His ship docks in Boston, and he's so nervous that he's going to be recognized that he stays on board after all the passengers have gotten off. May I live on the ship? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Could I just be like a barnacle on the side? I'll be a barnacle. I'll be a ship... uh, Board? I'm Mm. part... I'll be part of the ship? You Mm. won't even know I'm here. I know. I'll be a toilet. Yes, please. Go. Anyone got to go? Aww. So that night the ship is tossed around. There's a big icy storm, you know, Boston. What do they call it? Mm-hmm. Nor'easter. Nor'easter. There's a nor'easter. And every member of the crew gets off except for Aaron. So he's alone on the ship sleeping. But the next morning he, he, he's hungry. And so he finally has to get off the ship. Um, he puts on a disguise. Uh, I'd love to have a look at the disguise. I don't know what it was, but I know he had a wig, and he had grown a beard on the voyage, so he has a wig on and a okay. beard. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> How about these uh, red socks, huh? <laughs> I think they got a real shot to go all the way this year, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a- as he he takes his things off the boat, Customs inspectors stop him and just start taking everything out of his whatever trunks or whatever and throwing them on the That's ground. That's a lot of peas, sir. They're, go- <laughs> they're going through it. Um, and there's a crowd that's gathered around to watch the. Oh, I that's guess- always fun. That's fun. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's super fun. Uh, he's horrified when they open books that he's written his name in. Ah. And um, there's packets of letters marked with a burr thrown down in full view of the crowd. So he, he's oh scrambling God. to hide this stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then spends an hour repacking everything, quote, sweating like a horse, worried someone will recognize him. It's amazing that nobody pieced it together. But Look, he's he, got all these, these books say they're Aaron Burr. That's very strange. Look at his sweaters. Yeah, he's got a lot of sweaters, too. I mean, I assume it's four years later, so maybe they've just forgotten, and it doesn't say Aaron Burr, it just says A. Burr, so maybe... Right. We can also assume there's a ton of Burrs because of Bill Burr and Aaron Burr, so there's probably a shitload of Burrs in Boston. Yeah. Dirty, dirty Burrs. I think you trace that lineage back, yep. Um, so he doesn't get recognized, and he stays in Boston and he, for weeks now. He's really mostly worried about what happens when he goes back to New York because that's where he's from and that's where he's really known. Uh huh. Um, he he's again. He's very generous. He loans his landlady sixteen dollars when he only loans had tw- landlady. He only had twenty six dollars to his name. So who's loaning land? Uh, you like, gotta, the, imagine your landlord being like, uh, "Can you uh, can you give me double rent this month?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <You're> like, what? <laughs> 
no, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll work it out. Yeah. Like, I'll let you stay an extra day or whatever. You know, part of me wonders if I should get a job. But uh, <laughs> if you'll give me money, that'd be cool. He often lent money to people he didn't have. Um, he got a Boston directory to look for people who might lend money to him. And he found a guy he had served with during the war. Now, we're fucking years later, obviously. Right. They hadn't seen each other since, since the 1770s, and uh, I love, I love the, I love the, the foaming of the runway to come in for the landing on this <laughs> one. Oh my God, George, George! Wow, it's been a while. Gosh, I'll tell you, this is fantastic. It's got to be what, 20, 30 years? Look at us. You seem to be doing pretty well. I now I would have just like waited a hid around the corner until he walked out of his house and they'd be like, whoa, totally. oh! That's, that's what I'm pitching. He just walked up and knocked on the door. Can I get money? <laughs> Give me money. I'm very poor. Well, the guy was so nice uh, and friendly and stuff that Aaron was too embarrassed to ask for money. And so he didn't. Oh. It just turned so he out- ends up just having a rendezvous. He had, probably gave him some money. He's like, here, have five dollars. <laughs> um, I feel so bad for what I was thinking. He had a wealthy friend from Princeton that he found who refused to help him. Nice. And then his last attempt was a woman um, who he hadn't seen in 16 years, and she's thrilled to see him, but she's just incredibly poor. So, so he, can't, he can't get any loans. It's not going great. And then a friend uh, writes him and says, New York is actually, I think you'll be okay here. So he goes to Manhattan. And he gets rid of his disguise. He still had the beard and the wig, so he gets rid of it. And he opens up a law practice, and it does well. People like he don't, opens it like under his name. Yeah, and people don't seem to mm-hmm. care. And his his like infamy for being treasonous and all the shit doesn't matter because people want a lawyer that will win. And he his rep is that he never lost a case, so nobody fucking right. cares. It's just right, yeah. I'm so. This is a time when people like had a high bar for the morality <laughs> of lawyers or something. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Female clients especially flocked to him, uh, looking for divorces. They knew him as a man. <laughs> yeah, I'm causing most of them. So we will fuck, and the divorce will happen too. I guess. Uh huh. He, they knew him as a man who would listen to their side of things. And Here at Finger Bang Lick and Suck, we're going to do everything we can to make you come. I'm sorry. Can we do another one? That's not. I should stop riffing. He also often loaned them money. So, yeah. So he worked from early in the morning until 10 p.m. And then he slept on a hard bench in his office only to wake and start all over again. Nice. So he's living like a, th- like a stooge. Yeah. He wrote to Theo telling her uh, that he was in New York and was eager to see her and his grandson, but her letter back was very grim. Quote, hmm. A few miserable days passed, Father, and your letters would have gladdened my soul, but there is no more joy for me. The world is a blank. I have lost my boy. My child is gone forever. Hmm. So her son had died from a fever just days before. He was 11. Obviously, Aaron, very upset. Um, and from then on, whenever his grandson was mentioned, he would uh, get tears in his eyes and quickly, quote, fold his arms twi- tightly over his breast as if by mere physical strength to repress the rising tide of emotion. Mm. So he would cinch off his feelings. Correct. 
and he's terrified this tragedy uh, would kill Theo, who's already, you know, in really bad right. health. So her, uh, her husband and Theo, they all agree that going to see Aaron is probably the best thing for her at this point. Um, but she had to go alone because her husband is the governor of South Carolina, and he has to stay there. So <laughs> she can't take the carriage because the, their carriage driver is a drunk. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. This is the this is a, one of the why not parts in story. The... Why not get a new right. non-drunk driver? I don't know. Yeah. Un- unions? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the drunk union? <laughs> no, the dr- the carriage union. The Teamsters. Uh, well, welcome, as Governor. As hello there, Governor. And where to the carriage? Which uh, direction are we headed in this evening, sir? I must warn you. I feel like some of the horses had a little bit of ale. So if you notice any uh, directional impracticalities, it is there's certainly something to do with the ponies having consumed ale and a little bit of whiskey, and they are dying to have a bacon sandwich. But uh, good to see you, sir. Uh, permission, permission to permission to permission. Yep. Permission granted, sir. We're gonna take yes. a we're gonna take a ship. Thank you. Oh, uh, you, my brother is a ship driver. No, nope. oh, sir, I'm in charge of ships. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you you got a good feeling about this. I must warn you, some of the runners have been drinking this evening. You find that they actually love a gin and tonic. Okay. But uh, it should be fine. Yeah, you're in good hands with my brother, sir. I love you, Dan. It's Dave. Dave, what a stupid name that is. Wait. Oh, sorry, fine. Dave's, Dave's only idiots are named Dave. I agree. That's why I'm called Dan. Hey. No parent with a logical mindset would ever call a child Dave. <laughs> Dave is not even a name. David is more of a name I don't like either. I mean, neither, my friend. Hey. And I, as the governor, agree. The name Dave is dog shit. Hey. Now. Let's yeah yeah. I'm, in the, I'm having a riff bit. Sometimes. What's up, What's up bud? You want to tag sometimes it? Sometimes your riffing goes too far and it's hurtful. It's hurtful. What? Your riffs. Dan, what are you talking about? And I'm not doing a character right now. I'm talking to Gareth. Oh, you're being. Whose name I honor? This is soup. New choice. <laughs> Duck soup. <laughs> Better. <laughs> Whose name I honor? <laughs> Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, 
Dublin, September 17th. And September 19th, Manchester. Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd. And Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. So Theo uh, ends up getting on a ship. She takes the Patriot. Uh, she brings all of Aaron's writings that she'd been keeping for him. Oh, gosh. Uh, so he waits for a ship. It uh, doesn't come. Hmm. Days go okay. by. Uh-huh. And he's riding back and forth with her husband. They're really worried. The Patriot, it's never seen again. It probably what? It probably sank in a storm, and she drowned. What? But for months, papers are speculating her ship was taken by pirates and Theo was captive in a prison somewhere. Like, people are just making shit up. Nice. Nice. He, he's holding out hope that she'll show up alive, but eventually he just gives up. And he tells a friend, quote, she's indeed dead. Not all the prisons in the world could keep her from her father. Man. Um, even years later, people are still, were still speculating about what happened to her. So, all because of a drunk carriage driver. Yeah. Crashed into the ship. Yeah, might be time to let him go. Aaron, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It, it would be like, what yeah. if I just fired the driver or just hired a different driver? Like, whatever. Yeah, for that night. Yeah, hire a carriage for that night. Yeah. So Aaron, he's lost the daughter that he basically lived for. Um, he's lost his grandchild. He now, uh, uncharacteristic despair, he wrote, he felt, quote, severed from the human race. And when I realized the truth of her death, the world became a blank to me, and life had then lost all its value. Hmm. Uh, he still, you know, he still tries to carve out a place for himself in America. He made friends, many, many of the women. He sponsored the education of children. Biographer Nancy Eisenberg wrote Aaron, quote, needed the company of women, and he adored children, looking for ways to recreate a sense of family and intimacy that had been lost to him. He, took, he started taking kids under his wing to, uh, to, to fill the void left by his family. He mm-hmm. took in kids who were probably illegitimate sons, one from a okay. European affair who sailed from France as a young kid. He never disputed paternity, even when being the father was impossible. So if someone what, said... What, was, what, is the, what is the birth control in this era? I think you could use um, lamb's bladders as condoms at this point. Uh, other than that, it's probably just pull out. Thank you for an erotic answer. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you got it. So uh, you just so you you so basically you would, you you had, would, every time every time you banged, you basically had killed a lamb. No, no, you would wash it out and reuse it. Oh, so you reusable lamb bladder. Yeah. <laughs> welcome well, to, man, welcome I to mean, my world because I, I I try to recycle. <laughs> <laughs> driving with the rubber out the window <laughs> in your car. There you go. Don't mind me. I'm just recycling. <laughs> so a lamb's bladder. Okay. Uh, uh, he also uh, took in a lawyer who would help them win his treason trial who had fallen on bad luck. Um, he uh, had lost his, his like, he, he had had strokes and was having problems. So Aaron cared for him until he died. He also took mm-hmm. in 
clients' entire families when they needed it, husband, wife, kids, if they needed a place to stay. So he's just super generous. Um, right. It's doubtful love. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Um, in 1833, 77-year-old Aaron decided to get married again wow. to a notorious and wealthy 58-year-old woman named Eliza Jurnell. Jur- sorry, Jumel. Jumel was one um, of the few people whispered about more than Aaron in New York. She, okay. uh, she came from nothing. She became a sex worker and uh, a stage extra before she married a rich wine merchant. Um, and she's very good looking and very smart, uh, very good with business. Also, uh, brash and very quick to insult people, including her husband's. So really doubtful that love had anything to do with it. She, she wanted to boost her social standing by marrying an ex vice president. Even if it was Aaron Burr, I, I like the idea that like your reputation is so soiled that marrying Aaron Burr is going to like help you. <laughs> it's like you know, I need someone it's who's a, got an untarnished background I, like you, Burr. I'm bad. Yeah. Uh, so his ha- having his name would tire to elite families, and look, Aaron always needed money. His law practice is doing well, but he had he had just borrowed tons of money for his treason trial. And while he was right. in Europe, so he just he just has creditors everywhere, right? So the marriage is not good. Um, they got okay. married in July, and by October, Aaron moved out of the mansion. I, I mean, he's seventy-seven. <laughs> like, the, I, I don't know how you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it seems like at that point you're like, all right, yeah, this is my last my last dance right here, <laughs> and instead you're just like. Uh, look, this is impossible. I can't I, uh, be tied down like this. I'm a bachelor at heart. I, ju- I think she was just mean. I mean, it just sounds like she was mean to people, but right, whatever. So, I mean, <laughs> all you want to do is just be like, all right, I'll settle for this. And you're like, I can't even settle for this. Yeah. So soon after moving out, he had a stroke. Uh, Jumel accused him of mismanaging uh, funds. Once they were married, Aaron's creditors had tried to seize seize some of her property to pay his debt. So that you know, you know, makes up that's tense. Yeah, kind of on her side with that one. She also accused uh, him of adultery with a woman who was fifty years younger. But how old was she? No, fifty. She was fifty-eight. He's seventy-seven. So she's saying he slept. Oh, fifty years younger than him. Sorry, Jesus Christ. For a minute, I was like, "Uh, "Buddy, no, (laughs) we uh, we might need to take a time out." Um, adultery now was the only legal way she could dissolve the marriage. So she may have made it up, but it's also Aaron Burr. Right. Like, you know, dude, yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aaron said she was an adulterer. Um, also probably, maybe not true. We don't know. And that she had been cruel to him after his stroke when doctors didn't think he would live. He denied the adultery charges saying his may, his age made having a sexual affair, quote, according to the law of nature, impossible. So he's like, my defense I, is I can't get hard. I know. I can't find. Look at this. Come here. Everybody watch. Come Nothing. on. It's looking. Nothing. I've got I've, it's al dente. Uh, he put a two year old girl in his will, even though he knew he wasn't her father. He would have had to conceive her at 78 after the stroke, so he, he couldn't have been. Um, a friend asked why he did this, and he replied, quote, Sir, when a lady does me the honor of naming me the father of her child, I trust I shall always be 
too gallant to show myself ungrateful of the favor. A different time. <laughs> a different time. A someone, different time. Imagine someone standing up and saying that on Maury Povich. <laughs> yes, yes. Are you ready to find out the results? I don't care the results, Maury. <laughs> I'm going to take care of her either way. What an honor to be here. <laughs> In 1836, he had another stroke, and this one paralyzed him. He relied uh, on a friend and her husband who let him stay in their home and cared for him. Uh, uh, we're about to eat dinner, so if you could... <laughs> go yeah. He was given a room, uh, his own room. He hung up his portrait of Theo. Sometimes he would just silently weep and look at it. A lot of people came to visit him. One saw Aaron holding a newspaper which celebrated American taking Texas from Mexico and he said, quote, there, you see, I was right. I was only 30 years too soon. What was treason in me 30 years ago is patriotism now. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> uh, later that year, he was moved to a hotel by the sea, though he clearly only uh, had a few weeks or months to live. He tried to persuade people to take him into Manhattan so he could resume work at his law practice. And everyone's like, what? Everyone's like, like, no, dude, you're, you're, you're no. too, you're too old to lawyer. It's such a politician move to not fucking stop working. Yeah. Well, he, but I mean, his, I mean, his is like, it's, it's a very, it's like a lot of his life was kind of delayed or put on hold. Yeah. So he still has like a lot in the tank mentally where he's like, I want to like make my mark. Yeah. But it's too late. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his friends all said no, so he paid a random fisherman to take him, but on the way there, he realized it was a mistake and had him turn back. Will you turn around? This has been a really weird trip, sir. He died on September 14th, 1836, when he was 80 years old. It was the same day his divorce was finalized. I'll bet he still banged. <laughs> his last word was, Madame. Uh, wow. Uh, he, was asking, he was asking after a friend who had been super kind to him in his last year. So he's buried next to his father and grandfather at Princeton. Um, all his life, he kept a collection of letters from women he'd known, some apparently very uh, risque letters, but he requested they be burned when he died to save the women from embarrassment. So his biographer... I'd like to be buried, and I'd like my sexual letters to be cremated. <laughs> I would like my sexual letters bound and put together in a book called Penthouse Forum. <laughs> um, his biographer, Davis, did burn the letters, but apparently read them all first as he went on to disparage the morality of the women who had written them. He didn't say I couldn't read them first. Uh, he, didn't want it. he didn't want the women bagged on. That was his whole thing. Right. And then, so this guy completely... Fuck it! Yeah. Uh, many historians insist on seeing Burr through the eyes of Alexander Hamilton, who was a political enemy and who worked to destroy his political career from day one. So it would be like it would be like if you are a historian and you just take what Newt Gingrich said about Bill Clinton. That's not how this works. Um, right. And uh, Hamilton seems to have been a total fucking dick. Like that's what ended his you know time at the top. People didn't like him. The sexualization of Aaron Burr never stopped. After he died, there was an erotic novel written about him in 1861. So that's like almost 25 years after he died. 
Basically, it was just a bunch of little vignettes of him banging women in fields across New England. So he was still, <laughs> he's still seeing. <laughs> I mean, but he was. Look, he, had to, he was either a sex addict or he just fucking loved sex. But either way, like, yeah. uh, you know, that, that followed him his whole career. All the, all the things at the beginning of his career when people were making up stories about, you know, banging dudes and all that stuff. Well, it all came from a yeah. place of truth, which was a dude liked to fuck a lot. And and I mean that that is cons- uh, like through the eyes of the society at the time that is a negative. Yeah, but I mean they were fucking squirrely fuckers back then. Like they, right? Uh, you know, I think more maybe more open about sex and stuff than than you know what came later. Certainly more than right. the Victorian era and shit. Right, um, right, right, right. You know, some stuff we've gone a little bit backwards on, but yeah, you know, overall Aaron Burr, uh, I would say, a dude with progressive ideas. Yeah, much more left than almost any of the other founding fathers, but you know, owned slaves, possibly raped um, a servant. Either way, you know, that's a bad bad thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, super complicated dude. They all were, but of the founding fathers, maybe the best. The founding fathers were all shit. They're all greedy corporate fuckheads. I don't know if he's a founding father because he do, he wasn't there for the Constitution. Um, writing, he, he, was wasn't, he wasn't a part of it. Yeah, so um, I, I guess my the reason I wanted to do Aaron Burr episode is because I think Hamilton is uh, everything as a leftist you should be against. Right. So I got I took a, a, a well, he's just a, he's an anti-immigrant, pro-bank. Yeah. Like he's he's just pro. He, but it also shows you it does show you that like I mean, and I among them, it's very easy to just not know what the fuck is going on because you're like, these songs are catchy. <laughs> it's rhyme schemes. Fantastic. So there, there's two ways of thinking which came through. You know, I went and I read some of the, the comments people are making. Um, are people there, there, there's people who are... There, there's... Well, first of all, people are like, well, you haven't seen the, you haven't seen the play, so you can't criticize it. I'm not going to see the play. I would rather have my eyes taken out why than watch you, a musical. I fucking hate musicals. But why, I just hate them. But also, why? Why I, I don't understand necessarily why. I mean, the musical is certainly pro-Hamilton. Well, people say it isn't. That's, so this is the oh, interesting really? thing. In the comments, I, I will take it from my, my view of, of our culture, is that a play came out about Hamilton, and people have a very positive view of Hamilton after it. Yeah, yes. You can say that's not true, and a lot of people said, well, those people are dumb. Right, they're dumb. It's America. Um, I like, like how I just put myself in that camp real quickly. No, no, but you have Have you seen it? I, I've seen, I saw, I watched it on, like, uh, Disney or something like that. Yeah, but, but, but you know, a lot of people, there were people that but said... But it's certainly not negative. It's certainly not right. a negative portrayal of Alexander Hamilton. That's right. A lot of people also said, I've seen it five or six times, and it definitely is pro-Hamilton. So there's two yeah. people, there's two thoughts of people who have seen the play. And there's this other thing, this other thing of history and pop culture. I am, I am always going to be a critic if anything historical is written and it's full of non-truths and half-truths or it tries to propagandize or whitewash something. Oh, we are living in a time of rising fascism. Fascism comes... Because people don't know history. They're trying to erase history. That's what fascists do. That's yeah. what the CRT, sh- all that shit that they're doing in schools, that's all about erasing history. 
So uh, in a time that we're living in, I don't think you should ever dismiss something like Hamilton if there's problems with the facts in it. Um, I think that's bad. I also think there's a lot of people that are like, well, the music's good. Okay, I don't, again, I, I lived through Rent in New York. It was an intolerable time. I don't like musicals. But artists don't go to the top of the power structure to work on art. If you are an artist, you don't go to yeah. the White House to get yeah. approval for your art. That is not what fucking art is to me. That is bullshit. Yeah. That is propaganda. And that is bad. Not in this fucking country you don't do that. Not, not if you're anything on the fucking left. Oh, but we had a leftist president in the office. The president who said, I am most similar to Reagan. No. So that's my problem with him as an artist. I find that to be reprehensible. Yeah. But that's because I'm an artist, and that's, that's my belief system. Well, I think you also, like, in the... Um you know, in the way that it works now, and I mean, it is so fucking frustrating. You know, like, if you become popular, then you get access to this next level of power, and nobody ever is denying that, and nobody's ever calling it out. Nobody's ever like, hey, I got invited to the White House, but I'm going to say fuck you because I believe that we're, you know, killing innocent people all over the world, and I'm simply not going to, you know, something like that. Like, yeah. People just don't like. They just They're like. like but it's Will the White Ferrell, House. Will Ferrell got it. Will Ferrell got invited to go to his George W. Bush, and he was like, "No, because I really disagree with everything he's doing." Right. But and I mean, I guess it happened under Trump, and to some extent. But but when it comes to the Democrats, you know, people just I think because the arts are kind of the people are more liberally minded. But they never are calling out the problems. If you get access to that level, for the most part, there's never people who are going like, you know, our government is fucking sucks and I'm not going to be complicit in a part of it and help spread and help manufacture consent. That's right. And, and um, at the time, Obama is um, there's there's a, a, a problem with debt in Puerto Rico. And it's really fucking devastating. They have like, a, yeah, they, right. like an 80 billion dollars debt in municipal bonds and shit. Um, like uh, over decades, and um, Obama put together this thing called Promisa, which was this oversight board that um, put austerity measures on um, Puerto Rico. Schools closed, tuitions went up, budget cuts, like all the austerity shit that's a fucking nightmare. And, and Miranda supported it because Miranda is working within the power structure. He's an artist going to the White yeah. House, so he's backing a thing that is harming people he now yeah. is against it years later, but at the time supports it. So that's that's where you, we're getting into this murky fucking area, and and um, you know that's very problematic, especially with what Puerto Rico is going through. Um, but look, in 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 Hamilton Burr is um, a man, he's a man without a moral compass. He's 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 pushed by envy of Hamilton. Um, he desperately wants power. Uh, his only goal in life is to take out Hamilton and that leads to their duel. All bullshit. All, not, not true. Um, now, there is a... Um, at the, I, 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 I brought this up and people were like, no, he's a great historian, Chernow. Is, oh, Ron Chernow's... But, okay, first of all, I called him a, a tech 
um, a, a Wall Street tech writer, which people got upset about. Right? I was using exaggeration. Um, that's what you're being problematic. Yeah, that's what people do. It's what comedian types do. Um, yeah, he's not. Everyone knows he's not a fucking tech writer. I was fucking taking a, a slam at a guy who has a financial. You're being hyperbolic. He has a financial writing past. That means his mindset is of, yeah. a, of a particular thing. That's the point I was trying to make. I guess I had to spell it out more. No, he's not a tech writer. What he is is a guy with a financial writing background who therefore has a Wall Street type of mind. Um, I, I, I guess I need to spell that. What he is not is a historian, as I'm not a historian. Why am I not a historian? I don't have a degree in history from a college where I learned how to fucking w- wade through this shit. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like him. I'm a pop culture comedian trying to make history entertaining so that people don't walk away with the sort of knowledge they learned as kids. Like, there's more to this story. Um, but when you're a guy like Chernow, that's not your goal. Your goal is to prop up someone like Hamilton, who is, as we said before, um, as was said in, uh, in a congressional report, um, one of the, 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 the congressional report came out in 1947. It's called Fascism in Action. And it listed Hamilton as an intellectual inspiration for the Nazi regime. That's, here's what happened with Hamilton. Hamilton was super popular um, because biographies were written about him through the 1800s and stuff. Uh, people who loved Alexander Hamilton, Andrew Carnegie, Henry Clay Frick, Napoleon, Andrew Mellon, who put Hamilton's face on the $10 bill. Mellon was the third richest man in the country. Those are the people who love Hamilton. So when the Great Depression happened, this guy named FDR blamed Hamilton because Hamilton created Wall Street and all the systems and dynamics in place that led to the Great Depression. Jefferson, by FDR, got the opposite treatment. So what happened after that, because FDR was so popular, was that was the end of Hamilton being looked at by scholars, having biographies written about him. FDR killed him off. Rightfully so. He's a fucking bad dude who props up the rich and makes the poor suffer. That was his whole thing. So all these years go by, and what we have experienced as as people on the left and people who thought FDR was very close to what we need to do, um, his history, he's been wiped out. The Democrats, the Clinton Democrats, the DLC Democrats have reversed the New Deal Mm -hmm. along with Reagan, Mm -hmm. and, and they've been reversing the New Deal. So Chernow's book is part of that pattern. Now they're rewriting the past to make Hamilton better, and... It's propaganda. This is what propaganda is. So it's, it's also it's very why that's so upsetting is because it, it's it's like it's just baked into the recipe in this country. Of course it is. Pro- propaganda is just like even when you're talking about CRT, it's like it's not like we're undoing these totally accurate history books. Right. Like they're still they weren't there already. Right. And They're not there, there already. it was too much for us. Yeah. It did. And now we're reverting back to the version that was already horrendous. Totally. Uh, from the not good enough. 
<laughs> so Cherno, Cherno went into a space that, that it was a dearth of Hamilton stuff. And so when he wrote it, it was very exciting and, and very big. But look, Chernow's not a historian. He has a, he has a, a a degree in English literature. So people who were criticizing me were upset with me. Kept saying he's a historian. Well, that's misinformation. He's not a historian. He's as much any more than I am. I'm just a fucking comedian doing stuff. He's an English literature guy doing stuff. And I'm an I'm a historian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of stuff was written about. Chernow's book when it came out by historians and a lot of them bagged on the book um there's a shitload of uh, there's actually a shitload of material it's I think it's at Columbia um of all the stuff on Hamilton um Chernow went and found other sources so I'm gonna read this it's from um uh, a historian named Willard Stern Randall um he specializes as an author in biographies related to the American colonial period and the American Revolution. Teaches history at Chaplin College in Burlington, Vermont. So this is what he had to say about Chernow's book. Chernow devotes more space, and I'm just going to take some of the, some of the review, but it's in the, it's in, um, the archive on boston.com. Uh, it's called Hamilton, a Flawed Portrait. Chernow devotes much more space to Hamilton's wife and family than previous biographers. His wife outlived him by 50 years. She did much for widows and orphans, but after Hamilton's death, she destroyed any of his controversial correspondence she could find, including her own letters to him. She rebuffed all biographers, leaving the task to her son, the extremely partisan John Church Hamilton. He put it, and her, off until her death. So a lot like um, what happened with the Bible. One result is that much of what he wrote is uncorroborated, as all the other witnesses had long since died. Unfortunately, Chernow, in his first foray into the 18th century, leans too heavily on this and other outdated antiquarian sources as a substitute for deep archival research. Not at all home in the foreign country of that century, despite the fact that he traveled widely in Hamilton's and his family's footsteps, he depends too much on the kind of history served up by amateur old house historians and innkeepers. As a result, his account of Hamilton's early life in the Caribbean, for example, blurs centuries and reads like an old-fashioned Errol Flynn-style bodice ripper. A deeper problem is one of proof. Chernow all too frequently uses speculative constructions such as must-have, it seems, one can hazard an educated guess. That's not what historians do. They don't fucking do that. You don't just yeah. then presuppose what someone would have thought or done. There are yeah. limits to the degree of supposition in history and biography that are stricter than those in historical fiction. It is a line Chernow crosses, imagining more than he can prove. Bending to a more sensational story, Chernow demolishes Hamilton's mother, Turning into a floozy, he depends on the unchallenged and uncorroborated accusations of her first husband's divorce papers. He depicts Rachel Fossette Lavian Hamilton, daughter of a wealthy and respected Huguenot planter and physician, as the sleep-round daughter of a seamstress. What little can be proven about Rachel appears in Danish court records translated into English a century ago. Most of all, she was luckless, 
teenage bride of a much older, debt-ridden Danish-Jewish merchant planter who squandered her dowry and, that her, and then had her locked up for refusing to sleep with him. She fled to her wealthy family's estate where she met young James Hamilton, son of a rich Scottish laird. So this is Chernow. So you can get mad at me for taking pot shots at him, but I got, I've read about him. It's not, I have to go through sources for this show. And when I go through sources, I find a lot of shit that I go, that's not a good source. Chernow's not a good source for Hamilton because he is trying to recorrect what the New Deal did to Hamilton. That's what these people are all doing. What you, I mean, I think two things. One is like what you're saying is that you can't write history if you have an angle. Like, well, look, I, I have an angle. My angle is I, you know, socialist, yeah, but you the, can't, un, the untread, the sure, people who had but the you're, hardest time. So you're, so, but the difference is so you're finding sources. I'm trying that, to. I mean, I guess, I guess it is. I guess it is similar. It's just that what the point of what you just read is the sources he's finding are unreliable and should not be sources. And the ones you're finding, you feel secure enough that they are actual I, sources to prove your, they're evidence. I absolutely, I try to. And look, I'm going to make mistakes yeah. and people have called me on and I've, yeah. you know, I've looked at it and gone, yeah, you were right. I've left stuff out that I didn't realize. Like I, I try to paint a good picture. When I, when I, when I go up to someone like McCain, I'm also not going to, laud him for any of the good things he did. You know what I mean? Like, I am always going to take yeah. that angle. Like, that's everyone knows that's what I do. Um, well, and also, every other people have done that to, to the degree where you don't need another person to sort of say the thing, the positive McCain stuff. What's interesting is saying, here's the stuff you don't know about this person. Yeah. And look, when, when, it, when it comes to Chernow, the, the story of Hamilton's past and, and where he came from, um, like, at... Uh, John Adams would attack him for being the bastard brat of a, a Scots peddler, which isn't the reality. Um, and so he, it, like his whole his whole background of Hamilton is, you know, really bad. Um, yeah. And, and that's sort of the basis of of the play of the musical. Um, you know, so so it's it's all. When you do this stuff, you you come from an angle. Everyone knows my angle. I'm a fucking socialist and a leftist, and and so I'm gonna view everything through that thing. But you can't act like Chernow is an unbiased historian. He's not. He's right. an English literature guy who's writing pop pop history, and he has a fucking angle. He's he's the finance guy, and Hamilton's the the fucking god of finance. And the play and the musical is based on that. So you're getting a copy of that angle. And he, yeah. he also, he also, I would never write a book like this because I'm a fucking comedian. And, let, you know, I, 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 when it comes to researching history, because I have researchers who, who have history degrees and the person who wrote this, I believe she's one of them, a, a history degree, like works in research, like does this stuff and Chernow doesn't do that. There's another one, um, his assertion that Rachel Hamilton was a notorious woman he writes that she was denied burial in an Anglican churchyard as sanction for a sinful life. But Anglican churchyards overseas are for clergy. And she couldn't have been so, buried there. So he, he's presupposing things that just come from ignorance. Right. And I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. 
Right. But I also right. wouldn't write. I also wouldn't then jump to a conclusion that that's why she wasn't Assume buried it. there. Right. right. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's problematic. I'm going to read this. Um, this is this is this historian's closing on Chernow. And while the literate Chernow still excels as an old time armchair raconteur, providing many enjoyable asides for oh, the history wow. buff, his first foray into the 18th century has to be deemed a misadventure. Most amazingly, it allows him to walk away misjudging the classic prose of Hamilton's Federalist, Federalist Papers, which is the whole fucking point. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you guys can um, criticize me and be really upset that I took on Chernow. But, um, and great. He's a great, fucking, he's a great fucking writer. We can't take that away from him. He, he won awards and he did all his shit. Um, it, it is a readable book. People really enjoy it. But don't tell me it's accurate history. It's not. There's a ton of, there's a ton of, and people are always going to be like, yeah, but it won this in history. Yeah, but 50% historians think that Reagan was the best fucking president. Like, historians are as fucked up as anybody, but there is a vein of history in which people are really good at determining the truth. And um, this, is, this is a book that is pretty savagely attacked by legitimate historians. Now, on top of that, you have a guy who then made a play based on it, and he, and he says he did research other stuff, but... The play, the play is also problematic. Um, I, it, it very much, I think it's called uh, Founding Father Chic. It falls into the Founding Father Chic thing. It, 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 it lessens Hamilton's anti-immigrant fucking vileness. Um, it, it, it's, it's just problematic from, from a whitewashing the slavery, which they all, everything does. Um, which is a big problem is why we're here. It's why we find ourselves where we are now because we haven't reckoned with that. So, yeah, so, you know, and I and again, like I said, you can like Miranda for what he's done. I think that an artist who collaborates with the president is grotesque. That's my opinion. You can have your own opinion about it and say it's awesome, but that's not what art, art isn't supposed to go along with the powers that be. It's not. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're getting manipulated in a way. Um, I think when, last thing is like, I think when we go to Australia, people sometimes will ask you, um, you know, to do a story about like, you know, some story about an Aboriginal story or stuff like that. And one of the things that you'll say is that it's difficult because a lot of that history has been erased. So it's difficult for you to get the story right because there is a lot. And the same thing when people will talk about like stories of certain, um, feminism or something like that like the the white men were writing down the history right and so there's a lot of like dead ends of misinformation where it's a little more difficult to determine because again you know the the power the powerful write the history um and there is they're not going to tell you the truth and that's by design and that's what makes it so Difficult, and that in a way is like the thrust of the show is that it's like I went into the, I started doing this show being like it's not that bad, <laughs> and then now I'm like oh my god like it's just like you know it's a it's a hall of horrors. Yeah, it's really it's um, really hard. But we also yeah. we do we 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 are taught and it is embedded in us in this country to believe that these founding fathers were brilliant yeah. and beyond their time and have everlasting brilliance. Um. And if you question that, you are considered unpatriotic. Right. But look at where we are. If this plan was so fucking great, how are we here? Right. Why is it like this? 
Right. Is this part of it? Because this is what happens when you find things that are archaic, unchangeable. It's not a good system. If it's set up by them, then it was a bad call. If it's just that we've manipulated it to make you think that way, it's still not working out. You, you're never going to find the power, the people in power are never going to tell you that the system that they're atop of is fucked. Yeah. They just won't. They'll keep telling you it's going well until we're all dead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason that they that they back all this up and that they push this it's all, it's a religion. The, our reverence for the founding fathers is a religion and it's creepy yeah. and fucking weird to people in other countries. Yeah. It's it's bad. And it's but the weird reason too when you're just like they are so brilliant and you're like they all had slaves and a lot yeah. of them were like uh, sexually abusing and they're like, yeah. "Well, yeah, okay, that, but but when it came to the other stuff, you're like, no, I'm sorry, I don't feel like glossing over that is as a simplistic thing. And you don't get to say, yeah, but that was the time. No, it wasn't, because we keep coming up with people from history who didn't believe in that stuff. Yeah. And the people, were abolitionists the and people, fought against it. And by the way, it's the people who changed the history that they now are, like Martin Luther King. Like, the way that people in our government now are like, he was a hero. Yeah. It's like, they represent the system that was trying to fucking shut him down yeah. every step of the way. And that just goes back further and further and further. And that's all they're trying to do. And then once it breaks through the cracks, it's en vogue to be like, oh, yeah, no. Oh, gosh, yeah, let's get T-shirts made and stuff like that. It's like, they don't want that. We have people like that now who are in fucking jail and it's because they don't want you to hear the shit they're saying. They're not the people who uh, get the change to happen. They're the people who try to stop it. And when it breaks through, they take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the, 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 the adoration for the founding fathers is um, the biggest problem. Yeah. And that's why I find books and plays and stuff like this extremely problematic. Um, people are going to be like, what yeah, are the but odds it's critical for, of what are the odds? What are the odds for Patreon, Dave, that we can watch Hamilton? Oh, my God. I don't know if I could do come that. Come on. Come on. What, how about half of it? We'll do Halfleton. <sighs> come on. Jesus come on, Christ, baby girl. Man. What, are you going to make me watch Top Gun next? <laughs> <laughs> Why have you never seen Top Gun? Because it's we a commercial it. for the military. We gotta uh, do it. That's what my buddy, my buddy Luke was saying when he watched the new Top Gun. It's people go like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Wait, who are, who are, who are they killing?" <laughs> like, Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like it's a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you get shit, but I think it's look again. What's the problem with questioning this stuff? Why don't? Why are well, people, people so averse people, to, to questioning? I don't know if people got upset with the questioning. They uh, people got really upset that I called him a Wall Street tech writer, which is exaggeration. Right. It's a classic tactic that people use. Um, but I, I also get that, that's the same way I get upset when people call him a historian. So you can um, a lot of the people saying that I shouldn't call him a tech writer were calling him a historian. So right back at you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I get I get why people people are like you took pot you took pot shots at Lynn. Uh, yeah, okay, I take pot shots at everybody who writes fucking musicals. I hate musicals. You gotta you gotta you gotta understand that filter. <laughs> I fucking hate but them. Devil's Advocate, Mister Mistopheles, awesome song. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Oh, well, I never was there ever. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. A cat so clever as magical Mr. Is this from Cats? Oh, well, I never okay. was there Hold ever. On. A cat so clever as magical Mr. Okay. He's smart, he's small, he's aloof. I, from his head to the tip of his tail. I might, I might enjoy Cats, because that sounds like... I might go on Mushrooms and enjoy that, because that sounds like the craziest <laughs> fucking thing ever. Um, Buddy, let me tell you something. If you fucking go to see cats on mushrooms, <laughs> your head will explode. I, I, um, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Uh, shit. Um, Top Gun. No, you, you, you ruined Musicals. my train of thought by saying, um, cats. <laughs> well, you hate musicals. <laughs> I do. I do That's hate musicals. I don't remember. I don't remember what I was going to say. But it was really, well, uh, it was really important. It's worth it. It it's might be the most important thing I, I ever thought of. You're lucky that I trumped it with the most important song lyrics from Cats. And that you know them is uh, extremely disturbing. And mm. we're going to need to talk about that. Mm. That's a problem well. for our relationship moving forward. Mm. Hamilton, Patreon, let's dance. <sighs> Call it Hamtreon. It's bad enough I'm watching The West Wing. Yeah, no, but I w- I've done that show twice, and it is a painful thing to do. But you've made me do it, so yeah, let's I go. Have. Well, a four-parter. Well done, David. You are, like you said, one of our greatest historians. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sources, Eisenberg, Nancy, Fallen Founder, The Life of Aaron Burr, uh, Aaron Burr, edited by William Bixby, uh, Aaron Burr, The Memoirs of Aaron Burr by, uh, Matthew Davis, oh, that's the guy who wrote it, whatever, uh, Hamilton and Jefferson, A Study in Character by Roger Kennedy, the... Founding Brothers, The Revolutionary Generation by Joseph Ellis. American Emperor Aaron Burr's Challenge to Jefferson's America by David Stewart. The Life and Times of Aaron Burr by James Parton. A Remarkable Rise of Eliza Jumel by Margaret Oppenheimer. The Treason Trial of Aaron Burr by Kent Newmeyer. Founding Feuds by Paul Aaron... New View on Burr, Treason Case Letter by Edwin McDowell. Um, a lot of stuff from the National Archives. Um, and then uh, this, uh, this article on Boston.com. Hamilton, a flawed portrait, now supposes too much and verifies too little by Willard Stern Randall. And all of the research was done by Brittany Brown. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Carry on.